Welcome into another special edition of Sport Ball. I'm your boy Sam. With me is only Kyle. <laughs> Seth has left us. He said, I'm sick of you both. Your takes on Rudy Gobert and on Ben Simmons are too hot for my liking. How do you feel about that, Kyle? Yeah, it was bound to happen at some point. <laughs> I'm surprised he's lasted this long with me. <laughs> Uh, so this is our last pod of the summer of our hot vac summer. So I know all the listeners are going to be really, really upset about that. But after this, there's really going to be no sports to cover for a while, at least none that we have expertise on. Although Kyle may claim expertise on the Korean baseball league, right? I was at a time <laughs> in League of Legends. So Those Kyle days are my past. <laughs> You're a different man then. So this will be the last one for the summer. Very sad, but we're going out with a bang. Talking finals, NBA playoffs, and our top 40, which I'm very excited to see because I haven't seen Kyle's yet, but he gave me a couple of hints that lead me to believe it'll be spicy at best. And at worst, it'll be downright despicable. (laughs) All right, so let's go over the NBA finals first. So we're recording this on Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, game three has already occurred. Milwaukee blew out the Suns and now are only down to one in the series. Game four is Wednesday. So by the time you hear this, that already happened. Um, I think so far we can say that the series has gone pretty much according to plan, right? Home team is supposed to win the first two games at home. Road team is supposed to win their first game when they come back game three at home. So everything's played out exactly as we thought it would. And I think this game four is really pivotal, right? Because if the Suns win, it's like, okay, down 3-1, Bucks probably aren't going to get this done. Um, and then if the Bucks tied up 2-2, you know, we still favor the Suns, but at least we have a series, right? So how, how do you see this, this crucial game four going down, Kyle? And how do you see the series going from there? Well, you see – the NBA saw that the Bucks were going to be exposed as frauds and get swept. So they called in the big guns. Scott Foster, once again, has Scott prevented Foster, Chris Paul maybe. from winning a game that he's refed in the, in the playoffs. I believe now Chris Paul, when he plays a game in the playoffs, when Scott Foster refs, is now o. Uh, 0 for 12, maybe 0 for 13 now. Yeah. So, um, if you need Chris Paul to lose a game, just call Scott Foster. He'll be there. <laughs> um, you know, there was also some questionable decisions by um, by Monty. You know, just because Aiden has a couple fouls, benching him as soon as he picked up what was it like the fourth foul, uh, and then not bring him back in until I think like late third. And then he picked up his, uh, his fifth foul, I think it early fourth and just never saw the court again, took Devin Booker out in the fourth quarter, just let him rest. Like didn't even attempt to come back into the game or have his team get back into the game. He kind of just threw in the towel. So, you know, uh, questionable decisions with the, uh, with, uh, all coaches do it right in the finals or in the playoffs. Just, I don't understand 
why like if a player is going to fall out they're going to fall out who cares if they fall out with five minutes left in the game or with 15 minutes left in the game <laughs> yeah it's like by the time you get, the finals right and it's like okay we're, we're we're taking him out now to preserve him but it's like by the time you know by the end of the fourth that you're preserving him for you're down an insurmountable amount so it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> right exactly. so what are you saving for yeah i agree with that and especially with them, it's so stark because once you take Aiden out, there's really nothing behind him now that Sarge tore his ACL. So they're really yeah, Kaminsky out. in the first half last game in game three was a minus 14 in the five minutes he played in the first half. So it's pretty fucking rough. <laughs> Frank the Tank is looking more like Frank the Stank. Am I right? He is. <laughs> yeah. So. I I almost feel they should just go small without not don't even put Frank in. You might as well just put like right. Tori, Cam, and Cam, the two Cams in, um, Payne and Johnson. Just go with that. But then again, the Bucks will bloody Payne with and Johnson is not something you want to deal with, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, it's just kind of tough for the Suns because they're down to like six and a half good players now. You know, because Cam Johnson is they're really their only reliable bench player. Tori is fine, and you know, campaign has been pretty bad since he had that injury last round. So I'm not sure what else they could have done besides keep Aiden in, you know, and I want to, I want Aiden playing like 42 minutes from the Suns because I really just don't have the other options, you know? Honestly, yeah. So I don't know. I think I still expect the Suns to win this series. Um, maybe it'll be closer than I first considered given this injury to Sarge, but I don't think Aiden's going to get in foul trouble many times again in the series, you know? So, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and I don't know if any of us expected, you know, one team to sweep the other anyways, we never expected no. that to happen. So, yeah, just I'm not going to sit here and overreact to one game where a key player on one team was in foul trouble early and his coach didn't let him see the court because of it. So, you know, I think it will be really telling. I think game four will be really telling. I think right now, you know, I feel like people are just like, oh, the Suns unstoppable after they win the first two. And then Bucks win one game. They're like, oh, the Bucks, like, what can the Suns do to stop them? And it's just kind of like, like I said, this is how you expect a series to start, you know, especially with teams that are reasonably evenly matched. So I still expect the Suns to win the series in, in um, five or six. But who knows? We might get a game seven, which would be exciting. It really depends on how that game four goes down. Um, another interesting subplot, too, that I noticed in, the, in that game uh, three was Bobby, our boy, Bobby Portis. They seem to have – He has their- Graves' disease. For those of our listeners that don't know that, it's a thyroid <laughs> issue. Look at the picture of someone with Graves' disease and look at Bobby Portis. You'll know what I mean. Then look at your man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got them crazy eyes. But I think they really found their niche with him being the guy uh, in the lineup with Giannis at the five, right? I like that. You know, everyone says, like, oh, you can't play Brooker at all against – you know, the ball handlers of Chris Paul and Devin Booker because they roast him on the pick and roll. But I think the real answer, right, is you can't just not play Brooke. You don't have enough good players. So 
you play Brooke, you know, 20 minutes, and then you play Giannis at the five, 20 minutes, you know, somewhere around there. And I think Bobby slats in nicely in that Giannis at the five um, lineup instead of your Bryn Forbes is, uh, because he gives him a little more size and rebounding. Right. And he's still an elite shooter. You know, you may not think of him that, but he's basically as good a shooter as Bryn Forbes. Right. So you might as well put some size in there. So I think that's been working well for them. Yeah. That's one of the things they've been doing the last two games is going big with Bobby. Um, you know, sometimes you just need someone with that kind of energy where when they miss a simple putback tip and get the crowd going nuts, like they just threw down one of the craziest dunks in the history of the game. We were dying when we were watching the that. game because he got an offensive rebound, threw up a bunny, two-foot layup, missed it, and then acted like he just posterized someone. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think I think that'll be good for them. And I think another thing to watch is – Booker's not going to be that bad again, right? Like you said, they basically benched him in the fourth, trying to preserve him, I guess, for what, I'm not sure. But he's not going to shoot whatever he was, like 3 of 14, 1 of 7 and 3. I expect him to be much better um, in the next game. I'm kind of thinking I'm kind of thinking the, the Suns might win the next game, game four. Do you think you feel that way? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Devin Booker had such an off night uh, in game three. I think he shot, what, like, three or four for like 18 or something like he couldn't hit a shot and still at one point in the third quarter the Suns cut it to less than a 10 point lead even with him performing like that through two and a half quarters so yeah the only thing I would be maybe a little worried of if I was a Suns winning game four backer is we haven't seen a Chris Middleton uh hot game yet in this series I mean, but he kind of had one the first game, right? He had like 20-something points that game, that's true. 28 points or something. That's true, yeah. That game, Giannis was off, though, right? He was just coming back from injury. So we haven't seen one of the games where Middleton's hot and Giannis is dropping 40 points. If that happens, that's that's a dangerous combo. And Drew's got his swagger happen. back. Drew's got his swagger back, though. Drew looked great. Um, it may never happen for Chris in this series, honestly, with Bridges guarding him. I mean – right. Mikhail's just, I mean, he's one of the best wing defenders in the league. We've been preaching it all year. I'm glad he he's showing the world now on the on the big stage. I do want to say before we move on, probably the biggest story of this finals. Jay Crowder hitting threes in game three. No. <laughs> Don't you dare mention that to me. Uh <laughs> maybe not the biggest story of the finals, but one of them is how Giannis has stepped up and performed, despite, as you mentioned coming off that injury in the last round where we thought he tore his fucking ACL or something. I mean, his leg banged backwards. So he had a hyperextended knee and he's still doing this. I mean, I have it right here. Game three, 41, 13 and six right off of game two, 42, 12 and four series right now. He's averaging 34, 14 and five on 63% field goal. So, I mean, he is what we want him to be right. Um, Certainly we, we haven't had a close game where we've had to, lament about how they can't go to in a close game at the end. But I mean, I was talking to you guys about this yesterday. It's like, I don't really know why I don't love him. Like I love Shaq, you know what I'm saying? Because that's basically who he is. Like he's this dominant paint scorer that you can't shoot. I mean, he's a better shooter than Shaq was. He's a bet. He's much more skilled than Shaq was. He's a better defender than Shaq was. And yet he leaves me a little cold. I don't know. And we've, we've, I think maybe part of it is the way the game is played today, right? 
And the other part may be that sometimes he tries to do things that we know aren't in his skill set, like take eight threes in a game. <laughs> I think last game I saw his shot chart on uh, on the interwebs on Twitter afterwards. I think it was like 13 for 14 from the paint and maybe like one for seven from anywhere else on the court. <laughs> like, just stop it, man. Just look at the numbers. Just stop. I mean, the thing is, though, we can't have it both ways, right? We can't lament Ben Simmons never shooting and then be mad at Giannis every time he shoots. The things I have a problem with are when he dribbles up with 18 left in the shot clock and pulls Jackson three. But if it's in the flow of the offense, I don't mind him taking a, a wide open three, you know? Yeah, I mean, he still shouldn't take it, but <laughs> I guess, yeah. Let's see. So when then they're you up 20, just... you don't mind it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I was like, we can't say we want Ben Simmons to shoot and then lament Giannis shooting, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Ben Simmons wasn't even taking layups in the right, right, right. playoffs. And so I've so never said that. I, I just, I've always said he needs to at least like do a mid-range turnaround or whatever, which Giannis has, you know? But I don't know. What, what is it you think about Giannis that, we don't love him like we we have loved these paint scores in the past. He hasn't just committed his game to what it should be, which is a more aggressive, dominant shack, like you said. Like I he think he's starting he, to, though. I think so, too. I think he's kind of learning it now that he's, you know, in the finals finally. But, you know, he just – he doesn't need to take – threes just doesn't need to do it he doesn't need to take turnaround jump shots fadeaways he's not Jokic when he's you know a couple of feet outside of the paint like the other thing is is I think he uh he not draws he um every time he goes to the rim for the most part I think it's an offensive foul <laughs> It's so hard to tell. This is exactly what was the problem with Shaq. He pushes too, right? his elbow off way too – like he mm-hmm. chicken wings the hell out of it, and he never yeah. gets called for it. But he also gets destroyed and doesn't get calls. Like it's the same with Shaq. He's really hard to officiate because he's so much bigger than everyone else, you know? So like he – you like you see someone fall and you're like, hmm, like did he knock them over or is he just bigger than them? And then you see like him go like, ah, and you're like, ah, you know that guy was a foot shorter than you. Do I really care if he had to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. so I think it's, it's hard to officiate for him, but once you have Scott Foster, it's easy. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Scott's think, for, uh, he's for the, for the bucks. <laughs> I think the other issue is remember like when Jason Kidd was there, it was like, okay, we're going to turn Giannis into a point guard. And I think that's part of the problem is that this poor man has had so many coaches trying to develop him into what they think he should be because he's so unique and you can kind of mold him in many ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're told you're the point guard and you're told, this is how you play, you run our offense and you win like two MVPs, you know, and get pretty far in the playoffs, you're not going to immediately just turn to only being Shaq. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the difference too. Nobody was telling Shaq he was a point guard when he came out of college. Right. Exactly. So I don't know, but I think he's turning into what we hoped he could be, right? And I, I really have no issues with the way he plays now if that's how he's going to play, and I can't certainly lament anything with the way he's performing. So um, I think he's a great, great player that has a few glaring weaknesses, right? Um, but if he continues to play this well in the finals and we see him have 
a career where he's in more finals and performing like this, he might have a higher ceiling than I thought he did. You know, we might yeah, be talking. That's talk- the thing. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure we actually really know what his ceiling. We all had an idea of what his ceiling could be, but I don't think we actually know what his ceiling is. It's weird because maybe his ceiling, his ceiling could be the roof. You know what I'm saying? The roof is ceiling. <laughs> the ceiling think, is the roof. <laughs> I think the interesting thing is like he's already won two MVPs, which already puts you in rarefied air. Uh, let's say he wins a couple finals. Like I think he could be approaching that, you know, that KD, that staff, that top 15, 10. I mean, that could be his ceiling. I don't know. I wouldn't have said that before the way I've seen him play recently, but. Who knows now? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I think he needs to do is just shoot his free throws faster than 13 seconds each. That's, that's what you want? That's pretty yeah. demanding. <laughs> <laughs> Seth is, is on the Zoom as a special guest, but he's just walking. Greetings, everyone. How are we doing? Uh, Coming to you live from Giannis? the streets of Elmhurst. <laughs> Somebody, please Uh, find this watering man. I said the other day while we were watching game three, even before, you know, we knew the outcome of that game, that if Giannis were LeBron, after what he did in game two, we'd all be having a big circle jerk party for him. Um, Because it was reminiscent of game one of the 2017 finals, the J.R. Smith game. And I think we've just been so consumed with Giannis's, uh, and apologies, you probably brought this up already, but this man is breathing so hard. Is he running right now? (laughs) (laughs) He's just so worked up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just worked up. We're so consumed that he can't make free throws and that sometimes he shoots threes when he shouldn't, that we're missing out a little bit about truly how historic of a player he is and what he's doing is on another level. Right. I was thinking like about, I wonder, I wasn't quite that, I wasn't really that old yet when Shaq was at his peak, but I wonder what the media narrative was then. Was everyone just talking about how he can't make free throws and doesn't have a jump shot? I'm guessing no, you know what I'm saying? Um, But I think the difference with Giannis is that, like I was just telling Kyle, he started off as we thought he was this like point guard creator. And so we kind of had that as our notion of who he should be. He should be LeBron. He should be this, this alpha wing uh, points forward. But now we realize that's not really who he is. And we just kind of have to adjust our mindset. I think it's still realize he's a great player. So, so I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the series. Um, like we said, I think we still expect the Suns to win, but it feels like it could be more of a series now. Um, sad that we can't talk about the finals anymore. So you don't get to say anymore. Uh, I wanted to quickly recap the playoffs for our listeners because this is our last pod with them, which I know they're sad about for the summer. And I want to remind them of the playoffs we've had. And I know we've said that the injuries are the story of this postseason, but I, I gave you guys a bunch of moments that I listed and wanted to talk about which one was your favorite. Um, I'll start. Thanks for asking. I think my favorite. My favorite moment of the playoffs so far before the finals was KD's game five against the Bucks when he had 49, 17, and 10, five stocks in 48 minutes. Jesus, dude, that was fucking incredible. Because 
I have not, I haven't seen anyone play 48 minutes. I don't think in a long time, maybe LeBron did it recently, but like, you'd rarely see that. And just like, you're like, Oh, he's not coming out actually. Like in the fourth quarter, you realize it. And just the total dominance he had in the game. And like, for those of us that love KD, which is most people, I'm sure, but you wanted to see that from him because he's never really had to do that. Right. He's never really just been a one man show and he doesn't like to play that way, but I've like, I've wanted to see it. And it was more than we could have hoped for. 100% that. And just the fact that he was able to do this coming his first year playing fully after such a gruesome injury is like just such a, I don't even know, uh, speechless is the only I'm thing I can say. I'm speechless right there. I'm right. I'm speechless as we speak or don't speak. Seth, do you want to throw in your favorite moment quickly before you get your car? We never know what's going to happen once you get in the car. So how'd you know I was almost to my car? I can sense it. Your gate. <laughs> you, you, um, you stop from a sprint to a slow jog. And that's when I knew. <laughs> I think mine would probably be Chris Paul's. Well, the sun's last game against the Clippers. So game six. Um, and just seeing Chris Paul, like, putting it all together, masterful performance, and carrying his team so that it wasn't even close at the end. And then yeah. watching him, like, just so happy and excited and hugging Monty Williams and just all of that fanfare that was able to happen because it wasn't a close game. Um, obviously, this is completely subjective and... I think objectively Durant's game that you talked about was better, but because I wasn't cheering for the nuts, I wouldn't pick that one myself. I, that was going to be my second favorite one because usually I don't even like to like, I hate like post-game interviews, you know, and they're always like completely useless, but I wanted to watch what Chris Paul said, you know, and I was just enjoying the end of that game and his post-game interview and how happy he was, you know, cause that's a guy that we've all, enjoyed watching for so many years and has never reached the promised land. And now he finally did. And it had 41 in that closeout game. So that was just, that was a special moment, right, Kyle? Yeah, certainly was. What's your favorite moment? Uh, The rise of Trey Young. Mm. I mean, the man, what, his six of his first nine career playoff games scored was it 30 or more points like I mean I know we had a lot of questions about really who Trey Young could be but I think he proved a lot of us and a lot of doubters wrong in these playoffs and he's definitely one of the players that I'm super excited to watch going forward um 100%. just see he showed everything in his bag in the playoffs is his vision uh the way he could control the game get other players open and then obviously you know his scoring which has always kind of been his biggest the biggest part of his game but for him to blossom and and show us all those other aspects um when when the lights were shining brightest um got me excited got me excited for next year to start i think one of my favorite parts of the nba playoffs is that we learn who a player truly is right and it can radically change our opinions of them um, and that certainly happened with me with Trey Young. Not that I thought he was bad or anything. I just wasn't sure he could be that type of player that affects winning at the highest level, um, at least not this early in his career. And he proved me completely wrong. 
and he was the ultimate villain for every rogue game he played. And I just, I fucking loved watching him and he's completely changed my opinion of him. I, I completely agree with everything you said, Sam. I think him and Bur- uh, shushing the crowd, MSG, was incredible. And I think showing all of us that, yeah, he is a winning player. And and we were wrong for doubting him. I think, yeah, you guys kind of said that already, but I'm on board with this as well. And I think it's a real. What do you think it could be saying? Especially players who show so much talent. Sorry, I cut out. Yeah. I heard you say you, especially players who show much, show a bunch of talent or something. Yeah. Not to judge players too quickly when they show so much talent. Like we saw Trey Young putting up the stats and we just said, oh, he's probably just a good stats, bad team guy. But I think you just got to be careful making that judgment too early because players like Trey can prove you wrong. I agree. And I think we'll see that conundrum in the next segment, the one everyone's been waiting for, because there are a few players like that, that I'm not sure where to put on this list. Um, But you'll see Trey has moved pretty high on mine. And that segment is the one that the nation, nay the world has been holding their breath for our top 40 players because we're really just leaning into whatever the Bill Simmons podcast does. We just do it a few weeks later. I mean, our listeners know by now that's what they want from us. So this top 40, mind you, this is if I'm trying to win the finals right now, who would I pick in what order? And what really gives me joy about this list is I told Kyle about it yesterday and he said, yeah, that'll be easy, simple, no problem. I have 40 Stogie boys lined up. And then he texts today and says, what the hell do I do with this list? I'm supposed to put them in order? <laughs> Picking players is easy. Putting them in an order that has somewhat of meaning, that's much harder. I think that's fair, yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll start. I'll give you my, my tier one, which is 12 players. Um, we've talked a lot about our 11 that are solidly in a tier of their own as, as our superstars of the league. Uh, we talked about that a bunch this year. I'm adding a 12, Chris Paul, who I think deserves to be in that conversation with the way he's playing at 36. So right now I have Durant at one, LeBron two, Kawhi three, Steph four, Jokic five. I'll just stop there actually, because it'll be a lot to go through 12. Um, I would say the reason this is the first time I haven't had LeBron one. My reasoning being, I'm not sure he could have done what KD did in that game five at this stage of his career. I mean, he, he had a chance to do it with AD out and he didn't. Right. So I think he could easily reclaim the top spot if he looks good after recovering from that ankle injury. But as of now, I'm just not, Sure, he deserves that one spot. What do you have for your top five, Kyle? None other than Big Honey himself at number one. Mm. Thank God it's not Harden. I was scared he would put Harden one. I'm going to get shit for for the rest of this, though. Uh, I have Steph number two. Wow. I thought yeah. you didn't even like Steph. Yeah, I know. Steph, 
is in the middle of what traffic. the fuck is happening right now <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you guys Who always this, say i didn't like steph that's not true you said i never liked draymond you told us that hard was I'm, better than him. i i want a different route in this okay so this is my not a different route um so i baked in current injuries as well into my rankings when i was going through okay so that's why Harden's not all the way up to here. Yet. That's fair. I have KD three, LeBron four, then I have Harden. Okay, I <laughs> got it. So, so really, so does that mean does that mean an injured Harden is the fifth best player in the league, or a slightly hobbled Harden is the fifth best player in the league? Yes. <laughs> he's had he's had what a couple weeks to recover from that hip, so he should be good now. Right. That's uh, fair. Well, we really have basically the same top five anyway after all that fanfare, except I have Kawhi instead of Harden. So we could have all predicted that. I, I still have Kawhi three, even though he had that injury that he was all weird about. And I don't know if he'll talk to my team when he's on it. But, I mean, the man had the highest PR. Torn ACL, partially torn. Just yeah. found that out an hour ago. But he's supposed to be back next season, right? I don't know. I don't know when he comes back. I mean, I'm just going to assume he recovered from that, and I'll still have him at three. Yeah, I did not factor in injuries. Um, I was assuming health for everyone, but I was kind of factoring in injuries as in like I might dock you a little bit if you have a history of injuries. And yeah. I don't think you can get me through four rounds right now, you know? Definitely, yeah. I literally took it at this point in time, right now, today. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Um doesn't matter. Yeah. So I had similar to Sam, but I kept LeBron above KD for now. I think you can make an argument either way. I just went with kind of the whole thing. Like you have to overtake somebody completely in order to steal the throne. Um, so I still had Braun first. And then my four and five was switched with um, what Sam said. So I have four. Oh. Jokic. I have Jokic ahead of Steph. Um, Jokic at four and Steph at five. Got it. Okay. But and I, I think- mean, whatever. Yeah. Razor thin margin. And then to, Kawhi in your top three, too, you said? Yeah, he has quiet three as well. Yeah, yeah. And then to finish out my tier one of the 12 that we've been talking about, I have Giannis, no, sorry, Luca at six, Giannis at seven, Embiid at eight, Dame at nine, CP3 at 10, Harden at 11, and Anthony Davis at 12. A um, couple things about that. I thought about moving Giannis up. I was talking to Kyle about this earlier. I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of a moment because he's been so dominant in the finals, which is great to see. But on the other hand, he wouldn't even be here without injuries to the Nets. So I don't know if I want to really vault him into the top five. Uh, I think he's fine where he is. You could make an argument of him over Luca, I think. Um, and then, but I still, I don't know. If if I can have like a, a wing creator, I'd rather have that than, than a Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think Anthony Davis has been higher on this list in the past. But he just shown that he, like I said, has such an injury history. I don't know if I can count on him to make it four rounds. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of why I docked him all the way down to 12. But I still think he deserves to be in that tier one. Fair. My six, uh, I have Kawhi. Seven, I had Giannis. Eight, Embiid. Nine, Luka. And ten, Dame. Who's your 11 and 12? That's who I went to. 11, AD, 12, Chris Paul. I flip-flop those two a bit, though. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we all have the same top 12, which is the 12 that we always talk about as the superstars of the league, right? We got that solid. Well, top Chris Paul tier. snuck back in there this year. He snuck back in. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think I was, when I made this list, which was a couple of weeks ago now, I think I was a little bit of the prisoner of the moment in a negative way for Giannis after he had that one game where he just kept shooting threes and missing free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I have Luca, Dame, Davis, which I I recognize with the health thing. That's understandable. You could have them lower. Then CP3. And then I think I would have Giannis after that. So that would be nine, I think, or 10. And then Embiid and Harden would round out the top 12. So that to me feels like where Giannis should be like bottom half of the top 10. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I mean, it's like, we always say, are you taking them in a vacuum? Are they the first player on your team? Who do you have around them? Like, but I just feel like the way CP three is playing in the playoffs. I trust him more. I'd rather have him more in a vacuum than Giannis. Um, yeah. Obviously but- like, if you already had a playmaker on your team, you'd much rather have Giannis. So it's one of yeah. those situational things. The other thing too is like, I know Chris Paul has been healthy this off, this off season or this quote playoffs, but there's been numerous times where he's gotten injured in the playoffs and Giannis just regenerated his knee before our very eyes. So that's a small consideration as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we all agree that Giannis should be in the latter half of the top 10. That's all where we had him. And um Perhaps if he absolutely dominates and wins his finals, we'll reevaluate. But I think that's a fair spot for him. Yeah. And I think that would be also a critique of my list would be saying, how can, if you're factoring in health at all, how could I possibly have AD ahead of Giannis? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'd have AD ahead of Giannis. I mean, I didn't, but. And I, I've long, long been a defender of AD and this playoffs obviously it's harder to make that point that he should be above Giannis I think peak of their powers Davis is more versatile and again in a vacuum his shooting ability and the way that you can put him on any team and he's going to make them instantly better compared to Giannis where you kind of need to craft the right team around him that's appealing to me I don't know if that really justifies putting Davis ahead of him, but that's my line of thinking at least. I mean, I think, I think that's fair. I think that Giannis is just better than AD. I mean, he's just a better scorer. The AD can float in and out and is not aggressive at all times and has, you know, we always talk about the top rung has to be consistent. That's what makes you a top 10 player. And I just don't know if Anthony Davis is always as consistent as Giannis is. Um, I agree. What do, you think, what, do you, what do you think, Kyle? Where did you have AD versus Giannis? Uh, I had Giannis at 7 and AD at 11. Again, factored in the injuries. Yeah, I had 7 and 12. So I think, I think yeah, they're both in the latter half of the top 10, but I would take Giannis over him. All right, I'm going to go to my next tier. Um, I'll give you at least like the first couple. We got Trey Young at 13. Donnie Mitchell at 14, Jason Tatum at 15, Devin Booker at 16. 
I'll stop there because I think it's an interesting young tier of players that I could arrange in any way and really be happy with it, I think. Yeah. I agree. Who do you have next, Kyle? So at 13, I had Tatum. 14, I had Zion. 15, Mm -hmm. I had Trey Young. And 16, I had Jimmy Butler. Uh, Mm. I flip-flopped him and who I have at 17, though, quite a bit. But I settled on Butler. Yeah, Yeah, Zion Zion and Jimmy will be coming up shortly for me. Seth, who did you have 13 to 16? Well, let me first say I'm overjoyed to say that I'm the lowest out of the three of us on Tatum Mm. because – I think that means that when I get excited about him, you know, it's not just my Celtics love. <laughs> I speaking. told you, I'm betting on him to win the MVP next year. It yeah, sounds like, and- Seth, you're not even a true fan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably had him, like, one spot lower. So my, my tier starts Mitchell, then Booker, then Beal, then Tatum, then Zion, then Trey. Um, gotcha. So... Sam, I think you have Zion a little bit lower than Kyle and I, it sounds like. I have a um, 19, so I mean, I'm like three spots yeah. lower. Yeah. Um, and I am the only one who mentioned Beal. Um, I don't know, shortly for me. I think I mentioned this to Sam a while back, but everyone makes a big deal when the Celtics have played the Wizards because Tatum and Beal are longtime friends and both from St. Louis and it's kind of like a big brother relationship kind of thing. And I just felt like every time that happened, like Beal had the upper hand and, um, and maybe partially it is the Celtics fan in me that like holds Tatum to a high standard. And I just want him to be so great. And I just expect him to be a little bit more consistent before I put him above the likes of Beal and Mitchell. So you think so, Beal is better than Tatum? Hmm. I mean, I had him one spot over, but <laughs> and I guess that would sound dumb depending on how much you're factoring defense. Like Tatum's obviously a much superior defender to Beal, but I don't know. That was just the vibe I got. Like sometimes I think as I'm doing this list, like Kyle was talking about, it's hard to put them in order, right? And so one of the strategies that I do is all right, if these two players are playing against each other, who are you taking? And to me, I was like, obviously I'd be cheering for Tatum, but I don't feel good about it going one-on-one against Beal. So I felt like he should be one spot higher. I would say the opposite. Well, that's good. That honestly makes me feel better. And maybe <laughs> it's maybe I'm just like being overly critical because I watch Tatum all the time and I notice his mistakes and he's on my fantasy team. So every time he missed a shot, I was like, come on, Jason, you, you can do it kind of thing. So I, obviously I'm hoping that both of you are correct. Yeah. I think the other interesting, I don't know, Kyle, which order you put them in. I think the Booker versus Mitchell thing is very interesting because they're easy to compare uh, similar types of players. Right. And like you think about if you switch them, what would happen? And just, I really, it's really interesting. Like, it's almost a matter of preference, right? On which of those players you prefer. I don't know. Who'd you have first, Booker or Mitchell? Uh, I haven't listed them yet. <laughs> God, I'll just give me, give me your next, give me to, give me to 20. All right. So my next two are Mitchell and Booker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, John Morant and SGA. Ooh, SGA high, huh? SGA, dang. SGA top 20. I have dang. SGA and Ja a little farther back. So, make, so well, first of all, they also played a huge role in my yeah, Ja rankings. Ja really came through, didn't he? What, what, who, let's first, who'd you have first, Booker or Mitchell? I had Mitchell first. I did too. Seth, did you? Just slightly, though. Me too. I just think yeah, his Mitchell. defensive uh, prowess just lends him to be a better player right now. I know he's not the best defensive player, but he's definitely better than Booker. And Booker is more jump shot dependent, I would say, whereas I have more faith in Donovan to just get to the rack when nothing else is working, right? Which yeah. I kind of prefer mm-hmm. in a playoff setting. Um, but I think it's an interesting debate, right? Those are very similar young players. Um, okay, now give me your, give me your John SGA uh, argument because I don't have them coming until later in the 20s. So if OKC didn't decide to tank and would have made the playoffs, I probably would have had SGA higher than Ja, definitely. Maybe even higher than Booker, in front of Booker. But um, just what we saw with Ja, kind of similar similar to what we talked about with Trey Young, just we had a lot of questions still of kind of, what is Ja's ceiling? And I still don't think that we're there. Uh, he showed us that he's a much more complete player this year, especially in the playoffs, took control of games, got his other teammates involved, all that good stuff. SGA is kind of similar, though. Um, you know, he could be the main scorer. He could sit back and distribute and get 18 assists in a game and, and win a game that way by getting his, his teammates involved. He's still so young. Like, I just have such, you know, SGA is just like one of my favorite players. So I had to have him in my top 20. I think the, so I'll give you the rest of mine. I got, I have Kyrie, Beal, Zion, and Paul George. I feel like it's interesting that you would have SGA above the likes of Paul George, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie. Like, you really think he's better than Kyrie? I think that's... Beal and Kyrie are the next two on my list. Spoilers. Yeah, I think that's the most shocking thing that's happened so far is how high Kyle is on SGA. And he's a stogie boy, so it's not entirely shocking. But I think if you asked, I don't know. You could ask another. Yeah. You could ask a hundred other NBA fans to make a list, and like one of them would have him in the top 20, probably. It's not that he's not on my list, he's just coming up later. If he was still on the Clippers, I think that the world would have a much different view of SGA right now. He plays in such a small yeah. market, too. Right, and they didn't make the playoffs, so it's definitely true. Like, a lot of this could just be luck of the draw perception, you know? Yeah. I think – I mean, he's, he definitely deserves to be on this list, but I, I still would take Kyrie Beal and Paul George definitely over him. Um, and then – so, Seth, what's the rest of your tier 20? All right, so I didn't number my list, but I think I have okay, it split on like, I, I have it split in the top. Each 10 are their own section on my little notes page. So I had – the last one I said was Trey at 16. So I have Kyrie, Clay, Jimmy. Or that was 
Trey was at 17. Yeah. This is absolutely atrocious. What I'm hearing. <laughs> okay. All right. So my last five rounding out the top 20, Zion, Trey, Kyrie, Clay, and Jimmy. Obviously, again, the health thing with Clay. I'm assuming he comes back fully healthy. Yeah, I did the same. He's coming up in mind. I'll give you my my 20 to 30. This is going to be big. You guys ready? 20 to 30. Sheesh. Huh? Oh, well, I, 20 was Paul George. 21, Jimmy. 22, Clay Thompson. 23, Jalen Brown. 24, DeAndre Aiden, our boy. 25, John Morant. So, Kyle, I really only had him a few spots after you. Um, 26, Jamal Murray. Assuming he returns to full health. 27, Drew Holiday. 28, Bam. 29, Chris Middleton. And 30, the Stifle Tower, the French rejection, Rudy Gobert. Horrendous. <laughs> Kyle, does Rudy Gobert top, uh, make it into the top 200 for you? Or? No, <laughs> he does not. He's not on my list. He's and to be clear, his list does go to the bottom. <laughs> He'd probably be 201. <laughs> All right, Kyle, give me your 20 through 30 then. So 21, I had Beal. 22, I had Kyrie. 23, I had Bam. Bias. Stoggy boy. 24, I had Jalen. 25, I had Paul George. 26, yeah. 26, I had Drew Holiday. 27, I had DeAndre. Aiden, of course. Obviously. Uh, 28, I had Cat. 29, I had Julius Randle. And 30, I had none other than Fred Van Vliet. Wow. <laughs> Fred didn't even make my top 40, but he's cracking on the door of it. He's knocking on the door. I have several several things to discuss with you, Kyle. Uh, number one. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. Thank they God. removed the limit on our Zoom meeting. Uh, so... First of all, you think Jalen Brown is better than Paul George? Explain. I just think he's a younger Paul George. And, you know, we've seen inconsistencies with Paul George throughout the last few years. Yes, he had a good run this playoffs, especially when Kawhi went down. But overall, I would rather have Jalen over Paul George at this point in their careers. I, I would disagree with that because I don't think Jalen could do what Paul George did when Kawhi went down. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think he could. It's interesting because they're like really – they get compared to each other a lot, and Jalen has always been talked about as like he could be the next Paul George, right? They're a very similar player. So it's interesting to compare them. I mean, I didn't have – I had, what, Paul George at 20 and Jalen at 23, so I don't have them that far apart either. But I would take Paul over, over Jalen. Um, the other problem – not problem per se, but question I had about your list – Remind me, oh, so you think, so you'd rather have Drew Holiday than Aiden? Yes. I mean, they're one, they're right next to each other. I was thinking about that. That was another one I was thinking about because I was like, I wonder, before the playoffs, I wouldn't have said that. I mean, but now yeah. I have Aiden ahead of him. Before know. the playoffs, I definitely wouldn't have said that either. Um, yeah. But wait a second. I before the playoffs, you would have said would not have Aiden said better than Drew. Would not have said that Aiden's better than Drew, like Sam's list has. But now you are. I am. Now Sam is. Not. I still have Drew over Aiden. Seth, move over out of whatever room you're in because your network network bandwidth is low, and I just don't have the bandwidth to deal with it. Uh, 
Kyle, <laughs> another problem I have with your list, Seth, don't speak, uh, is at 30. What was your 30th? Fred Van Vliet, of course. <laughs> a little high, I think. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a big ass and all, but. No. I would still, I would still take Kyle Lowry over him in a playoff setting. Kyle's two after him. Because I, don't, I, have I don't have I considered both of them, but I don't have either of them in my top 40. That's a mistake. I think that once you get past, I think we've all had the top like 25-ish. And once you get into that 30 and later, it's really a matter of taste. And Kyle has terrible taste. <laughs> yep. Right. He feeds on the hate, though. He wants people to disagree with him. I mean, it's perfectly fine by me. <laughs> Fred Van Viet will prove you all wrong next year when Toronto's a top three seed in the East. Wow. Can't wait to hear first. So above your precious Nets? No, no Nets are one. Obviously. Boston, two. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. So the Bucks come off a finals appearance to be four? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seven. <laughs> Bucks miss right. the playoffs next year. Seth, give me your 20 to 30 now that your bandwidth is somewhat reasonable. Yeah, my phone hadn't logged down to the Wi-Fi for some reason. Um, BAM is 21. Wow, Seth is the highest on BAM of all of us? Well, he's a Kwame Brown. Um, That's right, he was on your fantasy team. Yeah. So, and it's my whole versatile big thing that I love. Uh, Paul George, Jalen Brown. Uh, I might be too high on this. I have CJ McCollum listed next. Fucking outrageous. <laughs> and then Jamal Murray, which my reasoning was I felt like CJ was more consistent than Jamal, but maybe if I really look at the stats on that, it's probably not true. Anyways, I have Aiden at 26, then Middleton, Jonathan Morant, Drew Holiday, and Rudy Gobert. And I think my big question is, is Drew Holiday showing us in this playoff series that he should be lower on the list, or is that just more prisoner of the moment stuff? But I don't know. I've always considered Drew to be better than Middleton. Is that even true in the playoff? I don't know. I feel like one of the lessons of this playoffs is that I think I should care more about offense than defense if everything else is equal. You know, like right. I feel like I'd rather have like Trey Young than Drew Holiday, and I'd rather have like DeAndre Aid than Rudy Gobert, and I'd rather have like a wet blanket than Ben Simmons. So I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he could deserve to be a little Kyle. Didn't you say cat already somehow? When did you say cat? Mm-hmm. Uh, 28. And when did you say dog? Uh, <laughs> 22. <laughs> okay. That's reasonable then. I have cat coming up. So I'm going to finish out my list because the listeners are probably asleep by now. You ready? Probably. Right. <laughs> 31. I have De'Aaron Fox. 32. I have SGA. Of the aforementioned top 20 player. 33, I have Cat. 34, I have, I have Lowry, not Van Vliet, you might say. 35, I have CJ McCollum. 36, I have Waffle Westbrook, which honestly, I didn't know what to do with Westbrook because it's like, I didn't either. I left the wall. Is he even? <laughs> I feel like in my heart of heart, he's better than CJ, but is he better than CJ? I don't even know. Anyway. You know what? I'm going to change it right now. He's in. I think he's a top 40 player. He's a top 40 player. He's such an right. enigma, though. Uh, the question is, do I get him right after he did that suction cup thing to his arm or not? Because that's a completely different player. <laughs> uh, 37, I have Zach Levine. 38, I have Sabonis. 
39, I have Draymond. 40, I have Simmons. So I really just Christ. snuck in my boys at the end there. Draymond's disrespectful. <laughs> After he just preached about how he'd rather have offense. Well, I know. Draymond I in there. love them. You know, I love players that can't <laughs> shoot. I can't crave it. This fucking guy. <laughs> I also put Draymond one ahead of Simmons because we said we'd prefer him. So I had to stick to that. You said you'd prefer him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Kyle. I'm ready. 31, Zach Levine. 32, Fat-Ass Lowry. 33, Darren Fox. 34, LaMelo Ball. Mm. 35, Chris Middleton. 36, McCollum. 37, Ben Simmons. 38, John Collins. No one Mm. else has him. Seth has him, I think. Wow, nice. But he's on his fantasy team. You know how he is. Yeah. Thirty-nine Westbrook. And really, I didn't know what to do with forty, so I tossed Mike Conley in there, even though I said he wouldn't make the all, shouldn't make the All Star game. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> oh, dude, I forgot to mention you had someone on your list. Oh, you had Randall, which I think maybe yeah. something you do too. I left him off the top forty, which seems weird because I advocated him for being a top fifteen player during the season, <laughs> but he was just so bad in the playoffs that it left such a taste in my mouth. Yeah, I'm just chalking that up as being a consequence of Tom Thibodeau. Okay, I think he probably deserves to be in this list somewhere, but I couldn't leave out my boys, you know? Yeah, I think he probably does too. And I think when I first did this, I just forgot about him. And then I wasn't sure if, if my subconscious mind was correct or not. But <laughs> you guys disagree with Billy Mello's a top 40 player? It seemed like it. I mean, yeah, since we didn't have him on the list. It's hard to say. I'm, I'm picking to make the finals. Like, LaMelo is so young and has done in the playoffs. I can't really – in a, a good heart to pick him. Yeah. Top 40 talent, sure. I'm sure – already, for sure. But yeah. So yeah. early. Well, um, Sam and I both have De'Aaron Fox at 31. <laughs> and then I have Conley, Russ – Sabonis Brogdon. Does anyone else say Brogdon? No, so. he's on my honorable mentions. Um, he's a top 50. Yeah, easy top 50. <laughs> yeah. Him and Sabonis. Yeah. <laughs> and then 36, I have Levine. Then I have Shea, Cat, Gordon Hayward, and then John Collins. I feel like Gordon Hayward probably is a top 40 player, but he gets injured every year, so I just can't put him on this list. I think Lamelo's probably better than Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon is still better than Lamelo when he's not injured, but I don't know. I mean, I he gets he injured saw, every year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Both of them had injuries this year, and their team suffered both times, so it's hard to say. Interesting you guys both had Collins in your top 40 because I would have had several other players ahead of them, I think, even in my honorable mentions. Second half of the season, the playoffs played a big uh, role in me putting him top 40. I think I'd like to see him on a different team. If I, I mean, he's great for the Hawks, but if I want to blo- him to blossom into a top 40 player, I don't know. I feel like he just isn't involved enough in the offense, you know, which is no fault of his own. Yeah, and I mean, he's been involved in previous years, and he was consistently a 20-10 and 10 guy. Yeah. And I just feel like he has the skills that I look for in a big man where – He's athletic. He's got good hands. He can roll to the rim, but he can also stretch the floor, shoot from three, 
And like Kyle said, his play in the playoffs, his tenacity and the way he works for offensive rebounds and just hustled out there really vaulted him up my rankings. Um, And I feel like when you get to this level, everyone is kind of, you need someone else on the team to be with them, right? Like John Collins isn't going to be your number one option. Right. But he doesn't need to be at this level. So I think he adds a lot of value to any team that he'd be on. I almost prefer Clint. I almost think Clint's better than him. Just he doesn't have anything close to the shooting that John Collins has. So No, he doesn't. But he's such a great defender now. He's really grown into like the perfect version of his role, honestly. I think yeah, they're both so, top 50, you know what I'm saying? Too bad we didn't do yeah. top 50. There's like <laughs> there's like 20 more players that are <laughs> easily top 50. 50 somehow. Uh, yeah. I love that Sam says, um, I think the playoffs have shown us that offense matters more than defense. And then immediately afterwards talks about how great Draymond, Ben Simmons, and Quinn Capella are. Well, I shoot <laughs> – I just snuck <laughs> Draymond and Simmons into the 39 or 40. I didn't think you guys would notice or anything. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our top 40. Did anyone enjoy that exercise? We didn't. The listeners Not me. Did. Yeah. Who is it for? It's kind of like know. the coach interviews during the game. Kyle, <laughs> do you feel less stressed now that you listed them in order? I had to turn my air off because I feel it was too loud, so I'm sweating right now. So I'm not <laughs> even thinking about this. Good. All right. Well, live from the sauna, we'll be signing out. Uh, so we will not see you guys, our loyal listeners, until after the summer, until football season. So everyone out there, just take care, all right? <laughs> you really got to send them off, pal. This is like a big hiatus they were taking, so you got to – they need something ring in their ears for the next month. He's so sweaty. <laughs> As we end this beautiful NBA season, we look forward to a healthy LeBron, a healthy James Harden, a male nourished Ben Simmons, and some God. wild trades. Mm. God bless. All right, everyone stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>